developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Recorded live. And we want to thank everybody again for tuning in to another Thursday edition of Soul Vibrations. I'm your co-host, Corey Jeffries, along with Dr. Nana Kwaku. Every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 if you're on the East Coast, 9.30 Central Time. Uh, we talk about uh, all kinds of social issues and dealing with the community, uh, how to move everything forward. Again, this is Galaxy Talk Radio. And uh, we are hosted by T25CL Entertainment, which stands for Towards 25th Century Living. And uh, we are a global music and film distribution company. And, uh, of course, we've got a lot of things uh, that are happening as we move our brand forward. And uh, tonight we are, are, uh, you know, uh, keeping things moving with, with a couple of guests for you tonight. And uh, let me check and see if the doctor's in. Are you here, Dr. Kwaku? Hotel brother, this is Reverend Dr. Ninana Kwaku, uh, co-host of uh, Soul Vibrations, uh, chiming in, ready to go. Good, good, good. You can visit our website at www.t25cl.com to learn about our artists, uh, our shows that we have, Monday, Compton Politics, with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, Tuesday, Straight Talk uh, with the Hired Brush, Barbara McGee, Wednesday, Roslyn's Corner, and that's Roslyn Jordan Mills. Thursdays, of course, myself and Dr. Nana Kwaku, Soul Vibrations. Friday, Sandra Keys has the keys to the kingdom. Um, what, what, what we're really focusing on with this movement is giving our community a voice. We believe in um, circulating the African-American dollar, reaching out to help smaller organizations, like-minded and otherwise, you know, as long as it's positive. And uh, these are the things that uh, the Jeffrey's Peace Projects, uh, the, the Jeffrey's Peace Project, as well as um, Family Solutions, Inc., and the Anger Management Center, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with. Uh, uh, health and wellness, just just a plethora of things. And, of course, on that website, again, www.t25cl.com, you can learn about United We Stand, the movie that's being edited right now for distribution in the next few months, hopefully. It's a global uh, music film documentary that, that touches on seven, seven African countries, and we talk about health, health and wellness, women's rights, uh, and all types of political goings-on in each country. So, Dr. Kwaku, uh, fill us in on who we have on board. I've touched bases with, with uh, Barbara already. I think we have one more person out there. Can you state who you are, if you're with us? Uh, this is probably me you're speaking of. I'm Byron Rumford III. Oh, okay, Byron Rumford. That name resounds in the Bay Area. Very familiar with that name. 
Thank okay. you so much for for coming on board. Uh, Dr. Dr. Kwaku, go ahead and, and take over here and, and get our guests all settled in. Tell us what we're doing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, Byron uh, B. Uh, uh, for uh, agreeing to come on our show. And uh, as as Brother Corey Jeffries just stated, this is a revolutionary uh, entertainment uh, center. And the fact that we speak to the issues that nobody else wants to speak to, and we do it every week. We are not concerned about ratings. Naturally, we want people to chime in. We want to get as many listeners as possible. But the overall objective is to have a voice for the African and people of color uh, communities and to deal with those issues. And I, I think that today uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the murder in Minnesota and the murder in Louisiana, mm-hmm. that the, these cops have gone, well, they haven't gone anywhere they haven't been before. This has been their M.O. It's just that now we have more cameras and people are visible. They're seeing it. They're trying to, uh, you know, to somehow curtail these people, and I don't think that you can. Uh, that's my personal view. That may not be someone else's. I think that we have to get back to Garveyism. We have to get back to, and I was listening to Farrakhan, who is today, and, and there's, but there's but one solution to the, and Malcolm stated this back early 60s. There's one solution for black people in America. We must form a nation within a nation. It doesn't mean that we take off and everybody run back to Africa now, but we have got to come together as a group. We have to, It starts at the community. It starts at the churches. It starts at the schools. And until we are some way find a way to take control of those environments that our children are raised up in so that they come up with the right attitude, the right mindset, now, we're not going to work for anybody else. We're going to create uh, situations for ourselves. And I think it is so very, very uh, uh, detrimental right now. We, we, here we are in 2016, and I feel like we're back in 1956 for, for the things that's going on. And, uh, you know, so once again, I, think, uh, you know, I don't want you guys to get caught up in, in just what I want to talk about, Byron. I want you guys to come on and talk about the experiences that you have and, and what you relationship to the community and the things that you're doing in South Berkeley. And uh, so just, you know, give us a, a, a brief introduction of, of who you are and what you've been doing. Well, would you mind if I go first? Yes. Certainly. Um, certainly. Go ahead, doctor. Go okay. ahead, uh, Mr. Rutherford. Well, what you just spoke of is, is exactly what I remember as a child. It was a really tightly knit community. I mean, the small business owners and, uh, the patrons were one. I mean, we didn't, there was, it was, it was, it was just a extended family situation. And uh, really, really good feelings of that time. Um, slowly, slowly it changed. And um, I was so glad I was so glad uh, a guy, Zach Franklin, came to me, and we wanted to do a mural of uh, on the side of the pharmacy, uh, what used to be Grandpa's Pharmacy is now a medical center. And um, that changed into um, a bust of Grandpa, and then the Berkeley Arts Commission got involved, and now we have a, a seven-foot statue that we're unveiling on mm-hmm. the 17th. 
But this is not going to stop there. We're going to continue this um, um, information. God, there's so many people in the community that have so much wisdom and experience that this shouldn't be kept. It should be known to many. There are so many people of close to my age, I'm 60, that don't even know who Grandpa was. Um, the Fair Housing Bill, the uh, Good Samaritan Act, the uh, Fair Equal Employment, Fair Employment Act, you know. And um, it's kind of sad, but there's a whole generation who doesn't know. And so I support Carol Davis and uh, Barbara White and Zach Franklin and Mildred Howard. This is a group we've worked with and in keeping this alive. Well, wow. but thank, wow. well, thank you for, you know, for, for doing that. And, and as you say, there is a wealth of information, talent, and knowledge out there. It's just that we, have, up to this point, we have not had access to those mediums that will allow <laughs> us to be in every home, you know, because when people come in their homes and they turn on television and radio, they hear the system's perspective of how the world operates. But they don't talk about they don't talk about why is it that we are in 2016 and we have all these black men who are in jail, black men and black women who are in jail. We have all these young brothers who are caught up in this in the social justice system on probation, parole, and 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 in and in the mental health. They're starting out children out there in the mental health. Now they're taking medication while they're in, in kindergarten because they wow. say that. They, they have all these new created diseases that they've come up with. Uh, we have got the, we, the only people who can stop that is us. And we are feeling, and I, I work with a lot of parents myself or every day, and they are feeling totally helpless because they've lost control of their environment. And it used to be we lost control of the community, but now we've lost control even in our house. We don't have uh, we don't we don't set the tone. We don't make the rules. We have social workers and all these different people coming in and tell us what we can and what we cannot do. Well, uh, and, and so I just want to chime in and say that I think one of the, the saying there's an old saying that you have to know where you, know your past in order to know your future or to have mm -hmm. a future. And I think that's yeah. part of the reason why I, I really like working on a South Berkeley legacy project that we're working on. Um, and again, as Byron said, it's going to be ongoing. There are so right. many prominent African Americans in Berkeley that have done so many historical things that a monument, not only Byron Rumford, but the Bart, not having Bart go through the black community. Uh, mm -hmm. Mrs. Howard did that. There's so many things that if, if you knew some of the historical things that, that uh, black people did that would help us to, to bridge some of the concerns that we have with the generation gap. Um, the other thing around the legacy project, too, is the fact because of gentrification that once they, and they've almost displaced most of us um, from the black community, that at least having stuff there, monuments, paintings, and different things like that will leave a legacy so that people know that we were there and we did something. And so, again, why I really appreciate the South Berkeley Legacy Project is because it's basically planting some solid uh, cement uh, around who we are as a people in South Berkeley. 
Thanks, Brad. Well, Barbara, why don't we let people know who you are? This is Barbara Ann White, who is the, the co-chair of the African-American and Black Professionals and Community Network. Uh, she's been engaged in civil and human rights struggles for more than four decades, and she views herself as a social justice advocate. Barbara holds a master's degree in sociology from California State University, Haywood, and a bachelor's degree in psychology from the College of Staten Island. She currently works in the community mental health field and has more than 25 years of professional experience working with numerous populations in an array of settings. So, Barbara, welcome. Thanks. It's good to <laughs> it's good to talk to you again. And, uh-huh. you know, and uh, I, I tell you, I'm 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 overwhelmed today. And because I've been, you know, I try not to focus. I was thinking about uh, something that Muhammad Ali said when Emmett Till was killed. Remember when they ripped his eye out and hung him mm-hmm. up and tied him? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about something he said. He said, I, I, I couldn't look at it. I couldn't draw away from it, but I couldn't look at it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I've been walking around feeling like, God, what are we in? We're in a meat grinder here. Because every time you turn around, these cops are killing people. They they kill this woman's husband right in front of her and a four-year-old child in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a broken tail light on his car. Mm-hmm. Was why was yeah. mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. what? Are, you know, what is our response going to be? You know, how are we going? And I think it it comes down to education. We have mm-hmm. to we have to take our homes back. We have to take our communities back. We don't have communities now, and that's the, one of the major problems. And so we don't control uh, nothing that has to do with the education of our children. We have, and got that, start, we have got to start educating our children from kindergarten on and before they leave out the house. The, the sad thing, Dr. Faye, too, is that we don't have communities anymore, and that's been planned. The displacement, we're basically on the fringes. We're not really communities anymore, so it's hard for us to even work together. And that's part of the strategic plan in, from, to disenfranchise uh, us to be able to be a community. Because as Byron said, when we were a community, we were healthy, we were happy. We didn't have a whole lot back in the day, but we were healthy and happy and, uh, you know, maybe not all that healthy. But anyway, we, we had a lot, of, a lot of community togetherness. And now we're just, like, sick, sick as a lot of the other folks that have influenced some of this negativity that we deal with day in and day out as a people in this country. Very well, yeah. well let, let, let's look at let's let me challenge for just a hot second. Let's look at a couple of things so we'll know what why we're talking about the very things we're talking about. Now we know uh-huh. in the 30s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, uh, of course, according to the system, things civil rights hadn't even come up yet. Things were really difficult for us. But we look at places like Black Wall Street and Tulsa and and, and some of some of these other roads with some of these other places. We had, like you said, Dr. Quaker, a community within a community. We had our own infrastructure. And sure, the cops would come in and try and shake us down for some money sometimes when, when you know, we had the clubs, the Cab Calloway, and, and, and a lot of our entertainers were all entertaining at. They, you know, the police still did what they did. They, they, you know, they saw that we were thriving. And, and, and at the blink of an eye, whether it was you winking at a white woman or smiling at a white woman or allegedly approaching somebody uh, white the wrong way, they would burn the whole town down. You know, we always had to start over. But if you look at the kind of community that we were uh, operating in spite of 
the outside politics, we took control over how we circulated our dollars. And certainly, uh, Mr. Rumford, you know, your family name is on buildings and everything else in South Berkeley. I'm very, very well aware of how you guys have been a pillar as a, as a family and a leader in the community. Now, and, and yes, let's, sir, let's, let's, so look at, let's, let's look at, yeah, well, let's look at 19, in the 60s, too. COINTELPRO came along at a time when the, uh, when the Panthers, Black Panthers were advocates. Mm-hmm. With, uh, no, group was, no group was perfect, but the one thing they did is they, they fought for us. They stood up for us, the rights to bear arms, the food programs, and some of the other things. And COINTELPRO came in with the government solely backing them. And put 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 malt liquor billboards and guns and drugs in our community, and the fallout from that has turned into the prison industrial complex and the gentrification of the West Oakland Renaissance of of what you're doing in South Berkeley of what Willie Ratcliffe, the owner mm. of the Bayview newspapers, trying to do to hold on to the Bayview. We've had communities in those three dynamic areas that they're still trying to take away from us by killing our next leaders, our kids, by incarcerating us. And these are the things that our kids need to be educated on so, well, uh, so, yes, so we can I, stop I the direction that they're hanging. I, I agree wholeheartedly, but let me correct so, you on a few things here. So um, the Panthers are pretty much the same as the communities today. I remember the caravans coming through the neighborhood, especially mm-hmm. right there on, uh, on Grove Street um, mm-hmm. when the Panthers yelled bootlicker at Grandpa. Bootlicker. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, okay. It was that. So now let's talk okay. about the guns in the assembly. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it had, believe me, uh, Panthers yeah. had their place. Yeah. Um, but they were uneducated in terms of yeah. what my grandfather stood for. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, I I knew that there were some that there were some 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 flaws within them, but I but 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 I I know uh, you know uh, for the most part I, I I can assume that their intentions were good. They were tired of seeing our people, you know, just oh, treated. Absolutely. Of course, of, of course, there's a better way absolutely. to go about doing but, things. If we look at how we we transcended slavery, it wasn't because we overthrew the government or anything. We educated ourselves and learned how to use their own system against us. Well, you know, you know. And, and I just want to say that's part of our problem with the, right. uh, crabs in a barrel mentality. And you know, and and let's just be true. Some of the things that's happening to us is happening at our own hands. And so we we yeah, constantly want to point the finger. But you know the saying: when you're pointing the finger, what's pointing back at you? So the issue mm-hmm. becomes: how do we, as a people, come together, and that's it, come together to support each other. And I said this before, that we black people as consumers, we have, we spend so much money on frivolous junk. <laughs> we, we pulled all our money together, and that's the Oprahs and Michael Jordans and everybody that's considered black, be it uh, if they think they are or not, um, is that we would be the sixth richest nation in the world. Think about that. that So so the fact that we actually have the money to really come together as a people, develop some stuff, but because of, and and I'm in the mental health field, because of Mm -hmm. our mental health issues, our sickness 
from this society that has totally destroyed us mentally and, and has abused us and traumatized us. There's so many of us that just don't understand who we are as a people and our greatness, and they're just still reaching out trying to be white, wanting to be white and, and, and having the desire oh, to man. And that's yeah, why we can't move on as a people because there's too many of them. Look at them. And our kids, the materi- materialism, they are materialistic. Yeah. That's all they yeah. think about. And so they don't think about the big – I'm sorry, let me backtrack because you do have Black Lives Matter and some youth that are really doing what they need to do. But a lot of them are thinking about that dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, 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 looking, we're, looking at our, we're looking at our examples. We aspire to be like Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Kanye West and all, mm-hmm. these, all, these, all these people that are out of the realm of our reality. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and to get where they got, they put in hard work to do what they, you know, to get to where they to get to where they are now. No, no but they're, 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 you can win. Your chances of winning the lottery are better than they are being like one of those people. And like you said, all these superficial things, keeping up with the Kardashians and basketball wise, all these boo, all these boogaloo skipping shows that keep us distracted mm-hmm. until we see until we see on the news. One of our kids has been shot again, you know, face face down, and and, and, and you know, and and, it's, and, it's, and the whole circumstances are questionable. But 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 after but after a few marches, you know, as long as they're peaceful, they let us do our thing. Okay, they've had their marches. Okay, back to work. You know, let's let's go. You know, the flame the flame keeps flickering. They got they got that's, a short. The best way we can educate is to circulate our dollars, and as we give these fundraisers and raise awareness. We need to have a platform at these at these fundraisers that really attack educating our families, and we need to have them where where they're family friendly, where you not you don't just not just the grown folks come to write checks or, or or to consider writing checks from the companies they work at, but they should consider bringing their kids so their kids can hear what these things are that we're coming together for as we try and build the community. Kids should not be left out at home with a babysitter while we're all talking about these things. We need to That's start true. bringing these kids. So very, so very well put. Um, I'm, not, I'm reflecting on times that kids would come in the store just to say hi to Grandpa. You know, they would, they, he, was, he, was, he was an icon, you know. Um, and he was always joking and always happy, and this was a great time in my life. Um, I worked when you can, when you can, when you can reach out and touch legendary examples like that. That's awesome. When kids can actually come, like you said, and actually speak to your grandfather because he was the person the whole community looked up to. But it that, just that, didn't that, stop there. It didn't stop yeah. there because there was Reed's uh-huh. Records and there were the Geek there was King mm-hmm. across the street where Mr. Walker's barbecue <laughs> down the street. Um, there was Cow Pack, the Black Seven, Business and Bar Association. Pool Hall, you know, a pool hall. Mm-hmm. Cleaners. <laughs> Berkeley has produced some real leaders. I mean, uh, you know, give, give or take what people's feelings on some of them, they still are icons and leaders. Ron Dellums, Keith Carson. We can name, yeah. you know, yeah. a good bit of people Lee. from Berkeley. Yeah. 
but right that that are doing that are still doing stuff or have done some dynamic stuff. And again, that's what we talk about Berkeley as a community. And the sad thing, and Byron, you could speak to this too, is that Berkeley is basically dwindling as a black community. And I see it. Although you have black groups and people living around each other. Berkeley really was a black community. You have black folks living around each other and not really be a community, but Berkeley was a black community and is still trying to hold on to the two-parent household. I'm sorry, there were two-parent households too. Still there? Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, Um, Barbara. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it was the issue of two-parent household because back in the day, everybody helped everybody. You didn't have nothing to eat. They made sure you ate whatever case and be and whatnot. It was a village. It wasn't wasn't all this disrespect about women, the whole nine yards. Um, The community, we embraced each other and we watched, we looked out for each other. And it's sad for me to see Berkeley at this point, dwindling down to, I don't know what percentage now with black people, it may be, maybe, maybe five or 6% mm. dwindling fast as the cost of housing goes up, the displacement of blacks uh, take place. Do, 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 do you know in West Oakland at 2.30 in the morning, you can go to the Cypress, a.k.a. Uh, Mandela Parkway and see white mm-hmm. people walking their dogs at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning without a care in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the writers are gone. Uh, the opening cops are not there anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they're only there for us. You know, yeah. they would be they would be beating us over the head if we met with one of those white people tonight. Boy, it would be on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're chasing us out. Barbara, that was and so think, well put. That was so I well think, put, Um And I think that this this speaks to the issue. Thank you. That if white people can walk around in West Oakland at three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. walking their dog, and black people can't even drive down the street, we need to rethink, uh, you know, the focus of what we're doing here. You know, what are we participating in? You know, Mm -hmm. if we've uh, if we are taking all this great pride in becoming American, uh, whatever they uh, you know they call us here, then somewhere along the way we've given up ourselves as an identity and so we no longer have uh, nobody recognizes us it's, it's like there was a movie out called a man with no name and no oh, yeah. and, and yeah. we've become like that because the only time mm-hmm. we're recognizable is when we're driving at night and the police want to pull us over <laughs> other than that yeah. other than that they don't want to recognize us well yeah. you know it, 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 it comes down it's a mindset we we are in a mindset that somehow we have been accepted totally into this society and that if we just get out here, we still have this concept, but if we just get out here and go to school and go in debt going to these universities, that somehow we're going to do all right. Well, we have more unemployed people who have graduated from college than you could even dream about. You, it was unheard of during the 60s. If a person mm-hmm. has some, it, some of them that are working aren't even in the field they graduate. Exactly. So you know the the thing about it is is that is, is that Barbara said we'd be the six of I heard the six of the eighth largest country in the world if we pool our resources, which means right. that if we pool our resources, if we pool our resources, if we take control of our schools, and it's just like what well, gives me an opportunity to, to promote T two five CL Entertainment. Well, I myself personally uh, am the executive director of Family Solutions Inc. We're collaborating with T25CL Entertainment. 
uh, <laughs> Corey Jeffers, the Jeffers Peace Project. We are all coming together because now we see the benefit of us coming together and working as a unit because individually there are a lot of talented people around the Bay, and they're all operating in their little spot by themselves. But we are more powerful. It's just like they said, the fingers, you got five fingers on your hand, but when they come together, they make a fist. And that's what we need to do as a people. We've got to come together and become a fist so that we can deal you know, with these things. So that we have a lot of issues that are on the table that we're going to be working on, not just the movies, not just music, but certainly we want to have uh, shows that represent African people. We okay. want to have a dialogue going on that informs us about what's going on around us and how to get involved so these people can't move in and take over. The big money people who came into the Bay Area and took over. They ran all the people out of West Oakland. They're running them out of East Oakland now. And so uh-huh. in San Francisco is impossible. They tell me a two-bedroom apartment, so there's almost $4,000 a month. Who can uh-huh. afford that except somebody working in Silicon Valley? So uh-huh. we've got to see can what's I going on. Just for a second. Um, I want to acknowledge um, this whole South Berkeley thing started with uh, a white guy named Zach Franklin. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he well, not, no, that. not exactly. No, Carol, Carol Kennelly started it. She got to guess with Zach. I agree. Okay. Um, but I was, I was focusing on Zach because he's white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I don't want to do Like Howard University. Pardon? I didn't understand you. What, what was that you said? You don't want to do what? I, I, I don't want to do a blanket thing on this. Um, with the white, uh, but your your point is well taken. You know, I mean, the masses, yes. the numbers are yes. there. Um, well, you know, I, but that's I, the beauty of what I, we're trying to do here. Um, Zach's involved in this. Carol's involved in this. Uh, Barbara and uh, you know Mildred Howard, the artist. You know, she's involved in this, and and it's kind of collective uh, cross section of of what's there now. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I, I think if you look at the, at the at the agenda that's going on in America, just like the thing, the exit from the uh, Britain from the U, U uh, from the United uh, thing, uh, you look at uh, Donald Trump talking about we're going to make America great again. This oh, guy who? is the most ridiculous lunatic on the planet. Yet, yet he is, and he hasn't spent <laughs> any money, and yet he is in a dead heat with Hillary for the president of the United States. So there is an element in this society of, of, of people of that persuasion that don't want us here or who are bit or who believe that somehow us being here or more people of color coming in here is somehow crippling their ability to make a decent living. So mm-hmm. we have to deal with that from a systemic uh, perspective. I'm, I agree with you. There are people out there, white people out there, who are doing great things and who are speaking up. But I'm talking about the masses. The masses are not speaking up. The system. Yes. So so therefore, these people people who have the ability to get out here and become one of the players in the game, they cater to those people. Because why? Because they're carrying the water for them. You know, there are a lot of people. You can't tell me that Donald Trump, that some of them people don't know that Donald Trump's crazy. But they don't care because he's speaking the language that they want to hear. And well, so you know, we, and, that, 
and, and when he says make America great again, I'm sure the Native Americans are saying, yeah, give us back our country so we can make it great again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go all the way back. Yeah. Go all the way back. So, and, 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 what, and I think what people forget is that, uh, what, who was it, Christopher Attucks, who actually yeah. seen America first? Black people came yeah. to America right when white people came to America. So whatever they're talking about, making it great again, yeah, Chris. Well, yeah. We, can, we can take it. We can. We can. We can take it, but further back than that, because they said the Moors were here before then. So and probably. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, the whole thing of it is, is these people have screwed it up every place they've ever been, and if you can verify that by studying your history, that everywhere they have set foot, they brought in disease, crime, violence. Everywhere mm-hmm. they are. The reason they're fighting all these wars is because they are trying to manipulate and control the entire planet and make everybody become one of these societies like America. That's why the, uh, uh, the people over there are, are, are rejecting them, because they don't want their way of life changed. And they mm-hmm. know that if they allow America to come in there with this stuff, that they, they'll be forever changed for, from, from well, this well, forward. And, and, and we can go back to, again, talking about the whole South Berkeley. One of the issues is because it's being gentrified that they're coming into the community and basically uh, giving the side eye to black folks that's been there a thousand years, basically saying what's going to happen in, on the streets that uh, black folks have lived on for, uh, you know, 40, 50 years with their families and stuff like that. So it's really mm-hmm. concerning the issue around gentrification. And, yeah, Byron, certainly – I certainly agree with you. I think there are some good uh, white people. There always were some that have helped us along the way. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, though, we have to think about what we really need to do as a people to really pull ourselves together. And sometimes that doing stuff without the help and or support of white folks that usually like to run stuff, usually like to be the one controlling everything. Yeah, that one, that one will come in. And, and when you talk about the, you talk about Jennifer. I had a friend that had a store that birthday for the last thirty some years. I don't know whether you probably know of Barbara Rose that used to have African fashions. Oh, uh, where? Is that by the, yeah. the birth station? And, and let me tell you, those people came in there, and she offered to pay them twice the rent she was paying for that place. They told her they didn't want it. Put her oh. out. Okay. You understand? So, so they're coming in, moving out black business. This woman had been there for well, almost 40 years she'd been there. Wow. And I went by there the other day, and it was a furniture store. Let's go to the economics then. Shouldn't she have mm-hmm. been able to buy that store by now for, for oh, 40 years? Nice. And then that's nope. where they, you know, rent liner so we can't even buy stuff. <sighs> Yeah. See, see, they're trying, well, see, they're trying to do that. Very... I don't know what her business deal is, what, whether she's buying something other places, but I think she wanted that place because it was, you know, Berkeley has a, uh, has, you know, Berkeley has always been Berkeley. People come out, they shop, they go in, and, and it's easy, accessible, and and so she was in a good environment to to sell the products that she was selling. Across and, many cultures, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many cultures. Even though it was African stuff, people, white people shop in the African store. Oh, exactly. But that wasn't all she was selling. She sold a lot of things, but the thing about it was it was that she had a good business there. And she said she offered them even twice 
what she was getting more than she was getting there, and they still wouldn't take it. See, see, there's, a, there's a move. There's a movement in the Bayview. Uh, Willie Ratcliffe, who owns the Bayview newspaper, this mm-hmm. guy, this guy, he's, a, he's one of the oldest contractors, and he's black in, in in the city of San Francisco. He has the largest freestanding uh, uh, structure in Anchorage, Alaska, as a black man up there. This guy went to he's on the he went to the city council where he's very active, and he was able to. Come up, come up with a, come up with a, um, with a, with a plan where all the black businesses could invest in this plan, and and he wants to raise about fifteen million. I think he's at about five or six million now. And what he would be doing was they would be keeping that part of Bayview and rebuilding, with all those businesses being able to stay in and have a new, a new structure. And that's the thing that he's working on. That's kind of unprecedented. So well, well, yeah, I see what's not happening now is something that happened uh, in a couple other generations before me, uh, like mm-hmm. D.G. Gibson, Gibson having the uh, the newspapers, all black newspapers, and oh, you know, we yeah. supported one another. The hair products, Mr. Grice, Ersig, and wow. Red Ersig, but Mr. Grice. So, you know, I mean, what I've seen is, us supporting each other at that time. Yeah. And you now mm-hmm. people come from Richmond, come from Vallejo to buy the hair products or get a black dispatch or the Sacramento wow. Rover, you know? I mean, these mm-hmm. were good because it felt good and they got what they wanted and we supported one another. Sure did. Gee, whiz. And so I'm going to speak as a woman. So as a woman with hair products, we spend so much money on hair products, and who do we have to go buy our hair products from Koreans. now? Koreans. Koreans. <laughs> outrageous. The fact I'm that open, the I'm fact open, that I'm open a Chinese food restaurant in Chinatown. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that, but but here's the bigger kicker too, though. The fact is that a lot of times we won't really uh, uh, patronize our businesses either. A lot of times we pretend like, I heard a a European say that black, they had a saying that uh, black people think uh, white people's ice is colder. So, (laughs) so, so, yeah, yeah. So they have their little Even if it belongs to Eskimo. When I heard that, and I thought, oh, okay. Um, So so the point becomes, we, we have, being in the mental health field and Dr. Quake, who, you know, you being a, a psychologist, the, the the mental health issues we have around our blackness, our identity, self love that I mean the internal hatred, the the the, uh, the internalized racism, uh, oppression that we, it, it's just so deep. We've never been healed as a people, and we continue to be traumatized and traumatized and traumatized over and over again. And we never heal. And the only thing that has saved us as a people, because most people know at this point as black folks, we shouldn't be here. Look at so many other communities. We shouldn't be. We're here because we are are God-fearing people. And 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 I believe that it's the Creator that has kept us, and we're strong, and we're one of the original people. So, but truthfully, mentally, we got some serious issues around our blackness. Well, when, when you can divide and, and the black I, man and, I, and, the, and the black woman against each other, you 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 you're on the road to, to pathological success. You can divide the black man and the black woman. We have to we have to be able to find that common that commonality. 
you know? Well, you know, I'll say this and I'll say it again, and I, we've said it a number of times. You can't do the same thing and expect a different result. Exactly. We change how we take care of business. That's from the church down exactly. to every corner store, to every school, every system that our people have to participate in, and most certainly the criminal justice system and the mental health system and the, and the social welfare system, we've got to get our people out of them systems because mm-hmm. it, it, it's almost like a drug. You have generations of families that are in the social welfare system, and they never, ever move beyond that. They're always on the edge of, of despair and, 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 and homelessness, you know, and people now, mm-hmm. they don't know how, they are they're opening up shelters. They're opening up more shelters. Why are they opening up more shelters? That is so true. Apartments. And I'm talking we're, about... We're, we're one paycheck away from the street. Yeah, that's right. One paycheck away from the street. So, women and how children, do you this? Yeah, women and children are being forced to go into these places now because even if she's lucky enough to have a job and if she don't have a college degree or something... It's a minimum wage job at most. Where in the world can she afford to live working a minimum wage job? So and they, and, and, and they, and they find out she's making that money, she has to pay some of that to show. Exactly. And even if she's if she's working that job, she still has to get food stamps. Still, she still yeah. She still has to be on the social welfare system. So they still oh. control their lives. So a large populace of our people are locked into those systems. And we tend to look at the prison system, but and it is an outrageous prison system. There are more people in prison than there were in slavery, black men in, in prison than there were in slavery. But the reality of it is there's millions of African children that are locked in the social welfare system or the mental health system. And now they've got, they, they, they have a new prison that they're locking them into. They're medicating them, talking about they got the ADHD and all these different things, and you know what the ADHD. Uh, I think Brother Johnson said means ain't no daddy home, but they have a medication. <laughs> you know. Well, here's, here's the thing: we 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 are we are a throwaway people at this point for this society. If you think about it, that's why they have no. Uh, they can they can blink an eye and kill one of us. We're a throwaway people. We're of no value to them. The bottom line: resources are short. And the bottom line is who's um, expendable. Think about (laughs) even our brothers and sisters in Africa. It's strange how AIDS and all these other uh, Ebola makes it over there, can't be cured for years and years, and thousands upon thousands of people die. And then they got slick, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, because it's strange how the Zika virus made it to Latin America, and it has to do with them having babies. Huh, let's see, because they've been trying to stop them from having babies because they have a lot of kids, and that's their right if they want to. But remember, the world is becoming brown and the browner. Hmm, how do we stop this? Let's see. Oh, no, these people are treacherous. That number one agenda has always been to control the population of people of color. Well, well, let's go back. Let's go back to Henry Kissinger when he said when Reagan first came in office the first time, the first order of business should be the depopulation of third world countries. Why is the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta? Um, I'm going to give you first an experience of uh, in the 70s. 
we the white man realized that they had done the Indians wrong, the Native Americans wrong. So there were a couple of customers of ours who could literally go in and get whatever they wanted. And we were, the pharmacy had a liquor license. Oh, my God. So there, they literally let these people mm-hmm. kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Which was a sad yeah, they, thing to watch. It was yeah, sad yeah. to watch. Yeah, and, and, and for for greater uh, for a greater way of phrasing it, they realized that they they always they planned. They always knew that they treated them. They finally <laughs> they finally came to, to to acknowledging it, so the world could so the world could see that they have a conscience. You know, while 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 we're focused on that, what other strain of people are, are, are being persecuted? You know, we. We we see what's happening with the casinos, tax free. We know wow. what, what happened with what happened with the Japanese after the death camps. We know the Chinese. We know Germany, but we can't so, even get a mule a mule with a loop in his back in in, 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 in a in a driveway with weeds in it. Let alone forty acres and a mule. We're still waiting for somebody to give something to us that has no intention of of of, of, of when we have the money in our pocket. We won't even give it to ourselves. He so what's the answer here, guys? What's the answer? Tell me. Somebody, tell me. How do Education. we get out? Education. We got to. We got to find a way to reach people. We got to find innovative ways. In like they do these town hall meetings and they do these small little, uh, you know, covert things. We we have to make these. We have to make these family reunions and these barbecues and every social black gathering that we have, we need to take one pinch of time before we start dancing to the music and all that to actually hit on some things that we want our family to acknowledge and to grow off of so we know that our family reunions can keep happening. Some families are dying off altogether. Look, so I, I'll say I, I think mental health is, is the major issue. We okay. have to be healed from the perspective of internalized racism and, mm. and internalized oppression, the things we do to ourselves, the things we allow other people to do to us because of our self-hatred. Let's go with bleaching of the skin, all the different mm. types of cosmetic mm. surgery and stuff to alter ourselves to look like other people. Um, when you have that type of hatred, Blind your hair when blind your hair when you're as black as an eight ball. Well, how how can you how can you be healthy in let alone for yourself, for your family, for your community? We have some serious mental health issues that as a community we have to deal with and address. We've never dealt with enslavement in this country and the horrific things that it has done and the ongoing abuse that we continue to uh, receive as a people. Even if we're working, even if we have an education, even if we're doing well, we are still traumatized day in and day out by racism and oppression in this country. And so we have to get strong mentally, and right now we are weakest as can be. Well, wow. one of the best things, that's right, Barbara, and one of the best things we can do is to go to each church. We can start in the church. And when we talk about mental health, we really have to talk about education because people don't understand what mental health is. All it really means is it's like when, you, when you're talking to our people a lot of time and you go to talk about psychology and, and, and psychiatry, right away they think that you think that they're crazy. 
And it's all with how we think. And so we have to educate people on the the psychology that they've been indoctrinated with is wrong. You can't put, you can't put a Jaguar motor in a Volkswagen. And when you take uh, European psychology and put it into an African brain, it totally destroys that Africanity. So what we have sure to does. do, is, I agree with you, mental health is one of the number one issues. And I don't know if you guys if you guys saw the movie Chirac. No. I, I still haven't seen it. No, uh, I did. But I heard about it. And one of the things that yeah, they, one, of the things, one of the things at the end of the movie was they said that they wanted mental health centers on every corner mm-hmm. in the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie. Because that's what we need. We need to get, learn how to get healthy. And then we need to have the right information uh, to re-educate with from that. But we got to right. get over all this tra- traumatic experiences that, and it is traumatic for, you know, for you to put something in your body that don't belong there or put something in your brain that don't belong there. You know, we you know, you know, not- you know what I, you know, you know what I would like to see, Dr. Kwaku? What I would like to see is, is a group of people, dynamic black people, and when I say dynamic, I mean people not about not about knowing everything, but what it's about is wanting to make that move. I would like I would like to see all the, all these mega churches. We have a lot of churches. Why can't we go to the pastor and say, you know what, you have a sermon coming up. Can you add a half an hour to your sermon? And, and, because if we could get into every, a lot of people are going to church. Maybe sometimes you have to reeducate. You, have, you bring them to Jesus and pay the offering but then have them stay an extra half an hour to listen to something that's going to, you know, that's going to, we have to, the hardest thing is getting people to come to these things and finding a way to reach people, finding them to join up. And, and one of the places we can start is in the churches, and we go right to the head of the body and say, look, we want to talk to you about some issues that are going on here that we see in Oakland, in Berkeley, in San Francisco, and we'd like to be able to share that with the church. We'll give you a love offering. You give us a half an hour or 45 extra minutes, and you tell everybody the way you keep them here to hear this sermon, they need to hear this. We need to go around to all the churches because they bring those kids there, grandma's there, you know, well, every generation, know every generation is there. That's one that? place they'll be sitting when you're talking. So, you, so I just want to say, because um, I know oh, our time is going to be rat, running down, and so we really just want to advertise also our South Berkeley Legacy Project. So on July 17th, 2016, uh, I believe mm-hmm. that's next Sunday, from 12 to 5 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. between on Sacramento Street between Ash, Ashby Avenue and Julia Street, we will be having a Byron Rumford Memorial Sculpture unveiling first First of its kind to have a black yep. man immortalized in Berkeley. There's going to be a block wow. party, music, wow. barbecue, kids yep. zone, and they're going to have documentary screening. And I've seen this documentary about Byron Rumford. This was a bad brother. So whoever called my uncle didn't know this brother was taking care of business with policy. And that's how you deal with a lot of this stuff. You get them with policy, the written word, what they understand and like. And he was doing all that. So between yeah. 1.30 and 4 p.m., there will be two documentary screens about his life. Um, so come on out. And you can also go to the website, Rumford, um, let's see, it's Project. rumfordproject.org. 
and you can go click on that and see all the information. And again, as we stated, the South Berkeley Leg Legacy Project is going to be identifying other um, influential black people in South Berkeley and holding them up so the community can see um, who, who we are as a people and the things that we do for the total community and, and, and give them the praise they deserve. Thank you, Barbara. I, you know, I'm just proud to be part of this, not just because of my grandfather, but I know Mr. Reed. I know Mr. Greer, I know Reeds, I know Walker, you know, I know these people. Let me give you a few things here. Um, as of February, 58 stations, uh, PBS had picked up the film. And mm. it was aired through the month of uh, Black History Month. Um, wow. I don't know how, how that's increased, but I do know it's been targeted for an Emmy. Um, wow. And another trivia here. Not just, a, just another trivia. And I'm going to be presenting my father, Bill Rumford Jr., with a plaque because he was instrumental in the removal of the train tracks through the center of Berkeley. Oh, okay. And ironically, okay. It's, it's where Grandpa's statue will be placed. Yeah. Well, him and, a mom, right? him and Mildred's mom. Were the two that uh, took that on? The Barton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Carol Davis is involved too. Wow. Carol Davis was on the uh, city council at that point, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I mean, we've got some rich history here. And the we torch need has to not flickered out. It's time to add it. fuel to that torch. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for letting me participate in this. And uh, well, it has been an honor having you and, and and educating us and letting us know what's going on in in Berkeley. You know, it's good to know that we still that the torch hasn't gone out. You know, no, good to know. No. Not as long it, as people it's, like it's flickering though. Well, yeah, uh, let, me, let me let me just Barbara, say this, Byron, Byron, you and Barbara, you're welcome to come on the show anytime. Uh, and bring any any subject matter you want to bring with you. And also, about two hours after this show is concluded, you can go to our website and you can listen to it again if if you want to What's share it with anybody again? or you just want to see what you know, see how we did. You know. What's the website again? It's www. T is in Tom, the number twenty five, C is in Corey, L is in Larry. Dot com, which stands for Towards 25th Century Living, <laughs> T25CL. Okay, gotcha, baby. I yes, gotcha. This has been a pleasure. <laughs> it really has been. I was very nervous because I speak in front of crowds quite often, but yes, I can't see them. I can't see them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Barbara put me at rest with that. So uh, well, thank you, Barbara, so much. You have way oh, too oh. much to share for us to let something, some, something like being humble and a little bit shy hold you back. So, you know, if you need no. to, I'll be your ventriloquist dummy, whatever it takes to get the best. Oh, we'll make anything. it happen. <laughs> we'll thank you. Make it happen. All right. And thank you also, Barbara. You always bring a whole lot of stuff to the table that I that I wind up sleeping on and waking up with a renewed mind about. Every time we get together on things, it's really a blessing that that you are here. And of course, Dr. Quaker, what can I say about you? I'm a fly on the wall, basically. So take us home, Dr. Quaker. Anybody want to say anything extra that you can think of and take a minute and a half? 
Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for having this platform. Uh, we have a lot of real issues to deal with as a people, and we need platforms to be able to discuss it openly, honestly, and not be fearful and not feel mm-hmm. like we're being judged for our comments. So thank you. Mm-hmm. You are quite welcome. Hey, quite thank you. Welcome. It really makes our job, and I'm, I'm going to just wrap up my little uh, minute to have here, that, uh, you know, T25CL Entertainment, it's all about the African village. It's all about us coming together as a group. It's all about going back and getting what has been lost and, and, and making our African family strong again. And it, it's, it's all about us. It ain't about me. It's about us. And when uh-huh. people come in that think, you know, that have a, a, an open, you know, have an open mindset that, the possibilities are limitless if we just give up these egotistical uh, European trips that we are on and come yes. together. Like I said, mm-hmm. we, you know, with, mm-hmm. with your hand is open, it's weak, but when it balls up, make a fist, it becomes strong. When we come together, there is nothing that we can't do, and that is the very reason why those, those white people who are of that persuasion to be racist and to be, they're not racist, they're really afraid of us. They're afraid that one day we'll wake up and see that, the, you know, that they don't have any power over us. So, but but, but know, we won't respond with I, that same predator mentality that they, that they yeah, use against I, us. I pray that you guys, that you, like I say, you're welcome to come back anytime and talk on any subject. We're here every Thursday night from 730 to 830. And uh, it's been wonderful having you on, and it's good talking to you again, Barbara, and great. Uh, so you can take us home, Corey. Thank you very much. Okay. Again, that website is www.t25cl.com. We are doing doing things with uh, United We Stand, with with seven African nations. Um, uh, Warner Brothers has partnered up to edit this thing for us. We have something going with Sony Film and Music. We also have something with the Access Channels in the Bay Area. We have something with Expressions College. We have about a half million dollars worth of film equipment and access to green rooms to help you create your brand, to help you expand on your nonprofit. We are a bunch of fingers turned into some strong hands, and that's, that's, where, that's where this movement is taking us. So please go to that website and see it. Call so when will it be here? When will it be here? In about another hour and a half, you should be able to go to the website and hit on Soul Vibrations. It'll be at the very bottom of the 26th episode, I think it is. Okay. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And this has, this has been Soul Vibrations. Remember, every Thursday, 730, um, 7.30 Pacific Time, 10.30 on the East Coast, 9.30 Central Time. We'd like to thank our special guest. And that's about it. We'll see you next yeah. Thursday. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.